Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we continue to look at Madeira, focusing on the climate, the viticulture, and the different grape varieties grown in Madeira and used for the production of different styles of Madeira. Madeira itself is a small island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which was formed by a volcanic explosion. So the soil in Madeira is a basalt bedrock, so rocky and volcanic, from that explosion. And the island looks like a mountain or a volcano, climbing steeply from the ocean. And so there are very steep slopes rising to the top, where the summit is 1,800 metres. It's a subtropical climate, meaning that there are consistent warm conditions throughout the year of around 20 degrees C. And that, as I mentioned in the previous episode, and we'll look at in a future episode, is uh, perfect for the production of Madeira. But the subtropical conditions also mean that there's lots of rainfall. And the higher up you go, the rainier it gets. And at the summit of 1800 metres, there are 3000 millimetres of rain per year. So that's quite a lot of rain. This provides irrigation, and there are actually 2,000 kilometres of irrigation channels spread around the island, all coming down from the summit where it's very wet. This is good for agriculture and for vines, as well as other uses as well. The disadvantage of the rainfall is that fungal diseases and rot are a threat. And so that's something that has to be taken into issue when planting vines. So let's look at the vineyards. The vineyards are tiny terraces called poyosh, and these tiny terraces are supported by stone walls, and these are very old, going back to the 19th century. And these vineyards are very small. There's 1,100 hectares of plantings on Madeira, and there are nearly 1,500 growers. So that's a lot more growers than there are plantings. So the holdings are very small, and growers are growing a small amount of vines which they are selling to producers, and not bothering to make wine themselves. Those producers do own more land than they used to, so that they have control over the vines and over the quality of the vines, but there are still lots and lots of growers. Those vineyards are scattered around the island. If you visit Madeira, it's actually quite hard to see the vines. It's very different from elsewhere in Europe, where you have rows and rows and rows of vines dominating the landscape of the famous Appalachians and historical areas. In Madeira, there's lots of tropical fruits, and it's much easier to see all the bananas that are planted in Madeira than the vines. The vines are planted to, with uh, low trellises, with the canopy trained up, so that the um, disease can be prevented with that high training. But the trellis itself is quite low, and that allows the heat to be reflected from the rocky, stony ground, which will aid the ripening of the grapes. Permitted density planting is 3,300 vines per hectare. And these vineyards are on very steep slopes. The gradient can be between 45 and 65%. So very steep. So all of this means that mechanization is impossible. So you've got the very small vineyards on very steep slopes. So everything has to be hand-picked. The most famous vineyard historically on Madeira is Fagia dos Padres. And this is on the south coast of the island. And it's at the foot of a 300-meter cliff. And until 1984, this vineyard could only be accessed by sea. So that gives you an idea of how remote that vineyard is. And this is true of a lot of the vineyards of Madeira. They're so small and steep and remote that they are difficult to access. And Faja dos Padres was famous for its Malvasia. There's just nine hectares of land planted there, and only six hectares of those are planted to grapes. Uh, the others are planted to tropical fruit, which really do dominate the island now. 
And visiting there, we can get to it by a lift now. It's like a historical pilgrimage for any lover of Madeira. And so the vineyards are spread around the island on the north coast and the south coast mainly. The north coast is wetter and harsher, exposed to the rain and the Atlantic conditions, whereas the south coast is more sheltered and it's warmer. And so planting the grape varieties there depends how suited they are to the different conditions. So let's look at the different grape varieties. These are divided into authorised and recommended grape varieties. And so the authorised ones are the most important. The first thing to note is that of those 1,100 hectares of plantings that I mentioned before, only 500 hectares are planted to Vitis vinifera. So vinifera, of course, being the classic species which produces quality wine. But since Phylloxera, lots of American hybrids have been planted on Madeira, and they still account for 600 hectares of plantings to over 50% of the vines planted on the island. These, of course, do not produce quality wine, and the authorities are trying to encourage growers to remove these vines. And this is happening slowly, but very uh, gradually. Nowadays, these American hybrids are no longer allowed for fortified wine. They're only used for uh, table wine. So there's an emphasis on quality when it comes to fortified wine, because this is what Madeira is historically famous for, of course. So let's look at the uh, authorised grape varieties, and we'll look at what are, used to be called the noble varieties, but are now called the classic varieties, and there are four of them. Circial, Videu, Boal, and Malvasia. So let's go through those, starting with Circial, which in Portugal is called Esgana Cow, which means dog strangler. Not the most pleasant of names, but again, reflecting that penchant of the Portuguese for naming their grapes after animals. And it's called Dog Strangler because of its astringent acidity, so it's really, really high. And even in old Circeal, you can notice that acidity. It's planted on the highest vineyard, 600 metres altitude and higher, and it's one of the last grapes in Madeira to be harvested. And it's actually a grape that ripens with difficulty. It's known to be hard to work with, and some growers don't like it. But it is one of the last to be harvested, um, because it is grown at that cooler altitude, and it does need that coolness, otherwise it's just going to ripen too quickly. So it's a grape that has to be dealt with with some care. And it's usually planted on the north coast, where it's cooler. Then we have Fideu which is also planted on the cooler, harsher north side of the island. It prefers well-drained soils, and when the vines are nearer the ground, so they're not trained too high. Confusingly, it is different from the Videu that is planted in Portugal. It's usually grown at 400 metres altitude, so not quite as high as Circeal, but still fairly high, and close to the sea as well. And this is a mid-ripening grape, so it's usually picked halfway during the harvest. And again, it has high acidity, and that's something that we associate with uh, Madeira in general. And Videu has that high acidity as well. But it is usually uh, picked when it has a bit more sugar than Circeal. And so the wines, when they are made, are usually um, off-dry to medium-dry, rather than the drier style of wine that Circeal makes. Going on to Boal, again, we have some confusion, because in the Portugal, it's called Malvasia fina, and that's uh, planted all around Mediterranean Europe. This prefers lower altitudes of 100 to 300 meters, and here it's planted on the south coast, where it's warmer. The yields are fairly low, but the grapes, when they are picked, also have more sugar again than Circeal or Videu, and so the resulting wine is usually a medium dry to medium sweet style of wine. Finally, of those classic grape varieties, we have Malvasia. And this actually is divided into different sub-varieties. The most classical and historic is Malvasia candida. 
and um, this is planted at low altitudes, 150 to 200 meters, and it prefers sunny, sheltered spots because it is prone to mildew. The grapes are picked when they are beginning to shrivel, so the grapes are overripe, and so the, the grapes have a high sugar level. Uh, but this is counteracted with high acidity, so there's always a balance between the high sugar and the high acidity. Malvasia is made into the style of wine that is called Malmsey, and this is an anglicization of Malvasia, and that's usually what you'll see on the label, Malmsey, though sometimes you will see Malvasia spelt with a Z, as it is spelt in Portugal. So there are sub-varieties, Candida is one, the other one is Malvasia branca de São Jorge, and this is a recent discovery from the 1990s that a lot of the Malvasia is actually a different variety from Malvasia candida, the classic variety of Madeira. And it's often just classified as the same grape, but it is actually quite different because it has different sized leaves, different sized bunches, and also the berries are a different size. Uh, but it is usually just classed as Malvasia, and it's used to make uh, Malmsey as well. But it has been discovered that 90% of the Malvasia planted on Madeira is actually Malvasia branca de São Jorge. So it will be interesting to see if the authorities do classify it as a separate grape variety in the future, as they should. Two other grape varieties to know about, though they are planted at very small amounts, are Tarantesh and Bastardo. So Tarantesh is rare, since Phylloxera in particular, so going back 150 years, but it is coming back because it produces high-quality wines, usually in a dry style. And Bastardo, one of my favourite names for a grape, which is called Trousseau in the Jura in France, and is also grown in the Douro for port production, is even scarcer, producing a sweet style of wine. Finally, there's one important grape variety to know about, and that it is Tinta Negra, or Negra Mole, as it's officially called now. And 54% of plantings on Madeira are of Negra Mole, so extremely important that it's usually for the lower quality styles of wine. However, um, attitudes towards Negramol are changing, and it can actually be put on the label now. Usually, in the past, it couldn't be put on the label, but now it can. So producing a varietal wine, as producers take it a little bit more seriously. Its great virtue is that it's versatile, and it can mimic the classic varieties. So you can make Negramol to taste like Cercial, or Verdeu, or Bawal, or Malvasia. Not as intense, not as concentrated, not as high quality, but nevertheless a similar style at a lower cost. And um, this all depends on the sugar content of when the grapes have been picked, so it produce a drier style or a sweeter style. But the main reason is that Negramol is a neutral grape variety, and so a winemaker can manipulate it to taste like the classic varieties. And Negramol is grown everywhere, as you can imagine with 54% of plantings and the north coast and the south coast. Uh, the Madeira that has no age designation, which means it's three years, you're three years old or younger, will, will be Negramol, and some of the five-year-old Madeira would also be Negramol. So thank you for listening. That's the viticulture and the climate and the great varieties of Madeira. In the next episode, we'll look at the production techniques for Madeira and the different styles of wine produced in Madeira. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.